Aloha, Start Mindsets. This is another fun episode of the podcast. Uh, Today we're talking to Vanessa Gabriel. She's an entrepreneur and um, she has a really cool business that does infrastructure and logistics for the cannabis space. And we're going to dive more deep into that today. But Vanessa, I just want to say uh, welcome to the podcast and it's an honor to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Really excited to share my story and be here today. Yeah, most, most definitely. Uh, do you mind telling me a little bit more about like who Vanessa is outside of, uh, I guess just, we know that you're the CEO of uh, Drop Delivery, but like, I guess like, who are you in your own words? I just love to give guests like the opportunity to tell, the, tell me about them. Yeah, yeah. So like you said, um, I'm the CEO and co-founder, or, and co-founder of Drop Delivery, but I guess outside of that, I mean, I work with my family, my younger sister. Um, is also a co-founder and the chief product officer of the company. This is our, I think, third business together. Our dad is like our main mentor and advisor. Um, So I have a really tight-knit family. Family means really everything to me. Um, And yeah, I have a dog. His name is Scotty. He's a COVID um, rescue. Yeah, just being an entrepreneur and, you know, being so like computer heavy in my job, um, I realized like I needed to get outside and like literally just like move my legs and it can get pretty lonely too. Um, so uh-huh. I was like, I really want a dog. And um, funny story, I actually was being a dog walker on in my spare time just so that I could get out of the house and like spend time. Like on WAG or was it on yeah, WAG? Yeah, just on WAG. Yeah, back in 2019, because I was like, I just need to get out of the house. I love hanging out with dogs. So why don't I just like walk dogs for fun in my spare time? (laughs) And yeah, I was like, I really want my own dog. And um, yeah, I had the opportunity to foster my dog. And within like literally 24 hours of picking him up, I'm like, he's part of the family. And yeah, he's been part of our family ever since. And he literally goes with me everywhere to like (laughs) run errands like literally to do anything he's always by my side um and oh my god he's crying right now because he knows oh no (laughs) (laughs) um is it a puppy is it a puppy or is like no no he is around three or four years old like we don't know exactly um since he was a rescue but sorry let me just go get him so he doesn't cry yeah and he's a really interesting like mixed breed like you wouldn't um like know what he is and I would get asked questions all the time and if you saw him um let's see if we can see hey sit sit he's like sniffing around he's like why are you talking on a podcast Um, I was gonna show you him because he looks so different but um he's chihuahua pitbull husky german shepherd and a few other things yeah that's insane yeah, doesn't usually look like that. Is it uh, Oh, no way. I would not have knew, known that by <laughs> guess. Yeah. Oh, cool yeah. He's like super cool. long, but he's short. Um, yeah. So, um, what else? I love to read in my spare time. And lately, with this house renovation that my family are doing, I've been getting into like building things. Um, like, I built the outdoor couch for the house. Um, which is like a big L shape. Oh no way. <laughs> yeah, I've been like building just whatever I can. Um, and it's been really fun to kind of explore something totally different, but like creative and something I can make with my hands. Um, so yeah. Wow. Not me. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Intro to your dog and to yourself. Um, you wanted to just, I guess, hear about what Drop Delivery does and like who, who, uh, like what your role is there and just like what uh, made you start that company. Yeah, yeah. I guess my I should maybe just preface it with a little bit of a background on just my entrepreneurship journey, um, just so that it can lead up to where. I am today. So my dad's a serial entrepreneur, like I mentioned, he's our like number one mentor and advisor, but I grew up around business. I always knew I wanted to have my own business one day. I didn't know what it was going to be. And so um, I have so many memories of like all his different types of businesses growing up that he had, and I would help out wherever I could. Um, Like I remember writing payroll checks after dinner at the dinner table with him to help him out. Um, He was in uh, development. And so like any job sites, like I would go hang out at the job sites and kind of just see how like, yeah, his business worked and stuff. So I always kind of knew that I wanted to go into business, but just didn't know what. So when I went to college, um, my parents were like, you know, you have to make your own money, any spending money. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I need to get a job right away. I love, I love fashion and I love like buying clothes. Um, but I was on a college student budget. And so I had initially came across a few shopping sites um, in the like daily deal space. So um, this was really big back in like 2010, 2011, when it was like Guilt Group or Beyond the Rack or Hotlook.com or you could by brands um that were like 30 to 50 percent off but for like three days or two days like you know flash sale sites um i loved the concept but it still wasn't exactly what i was looking for in terms of my fashion style so i was like there needs to be something like this but for college students so that was honestly my first business idea that i came up with out in my dorm and um yeah i came back home the summer after my freshman year and i recruited a whole team. Um, My CTO and co-founder today, Mark Lopez, he actually um, was one of my high school classmates and at the time was into photography. So I was like, hey, I'm starting this fashion website. I need a photographer. Do you want to be my photographer? So he said yes. Um, And then I recruited my younger sister, Jade, who I said I also work with now um, as an intern at the time. She was like 15 um, or not even that. She was maybe like 14 at the time. Um, And so, yeah, I recruited a a bunch of other friends and I started my own team and I got a warehouse. I built a photo studio. We bought inventory. um, Wow, that's a lot. Trade shows. Um, Yeah, all at like 19 or 20. And it was so fun um, having our own space. And um. Yeah, we did you have to like drop out of school or like did you have to like I still was in school at the time, but I was I um the business was based out of California and NorCal where I'm from. Um, but I was going to school in Colorado. And so um I went back to school my sophomore fall semester, but I ended up transferring for the spring semester of my sophomore year to California since the business was based here and the whole team was here and the warehouse was here. Um but yeah, no, it was like the best jump into entrepreneurship I think I could have ever done. It was so fun doing it with your friends, um, my younger sister. Like I said, we were traveling, we were going to fashion trade shows. Um, we even had a few opportunities to have like our own reality show at one point. Um, 
Yeah, with like MTV and VH1, but um, we got beat out by like some other shows that like went to air um, later on. At least you were in the running, though. That, I used to work for a celebrity in Hollywood, and like learning about like the behind the scenes of that, it's uh, it's uh, exciting. But you know, there's a lot of competitors, and you're not guaranteed this slot at all. So yeah, exactly. We were making like um, sizzles, and um, yeah, like having to pitch. The, like yeah we were working with uh people to pitch the sizzle and like we had to you know kind of make up storylines or drama and stuff oh and wow it almost was probably a blessing that it didn't end up working out um because we were so young at the time but it was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um a crazy opportunity um but yeah but the what we learned really quickly was that you know in fashion it was a very uh capital intensive business model we were stuck with a lot of inventory if it didn't sell we had a huge mm -hmm. so um we ran that yeah for about like one to two years and decided to call it quits and jade and i um we were like working with influencers at the time for that business and creating our own lookbooks creating our own videos and me and Jade wanted to take what we had learned and kind of move into the fashion digital space and like um, making shoppable media. So if you saw a brand lookbook, you could uh -huh. follow that model on Instagram. You could know what that song is on Spotify that they're playing in the background. You could purchase the clothes directly from the editorials. Um, so that was kind of our second venture that we tried yeah, to yeah. launch. And um, we moved to New York City um, from our small town in New in um, NorCal, and so uh -huh. life kind of got the better of us. I was like 22, and she was like 18 or 17 at the time. And I mean, New York is like the concrete jungle. Like we were just trying to get by, and I wasn't making. Yeah, were, were you guys making? Was the business making revenue? No, or? we didn't even end up launching the business. We were just doing like side gigs um, for other businesses that my dad had to kind of help sustain okay. us. But yeah, like I said, she was like in her senior year of high school. She had just moved. I had just moved, and um, yeah, it just the second business didn't even end up launching just because it was like life happened at the time yeah sure um, so did, did you I make an llc or did you make did you make it into a corporation or was it just like uh yeah yeah we did and we had designs we had a website we had like everything but um yeah like i mean it's so hard in entrepreneurship uh -huh. you know just to get stuff off the ground um and also like having work-life balance and stuff so um i know it was an amazing idea and like shoppable media didn't even become a thing for Instagram or Facebook just until like a few years ago. And this was yeah. like in, I want to say 2014, 2013. So I think we were definitely ahead of the curve. Um, but happens, you know, not every idea gets like fully launched. Um, but yeah, so just to like make ends meet at the time, I did deviate away from entrepreneurship and I was just like, I just need to like live in New York and like afford my rent and afford to live. Yeah. So I became like a, a personal assistant to a handbag designer. I was a receptionist at a PR firm. I was helping someone um, sell products on Amazon. Um, and then I finally landed what I thought was like a really good gig and it was. Um, at the time, but I became e-commerce or I became the uh, e-commerce marketing manager for a Dutch beauty brand. Um, so I was like, okay, like this is solid. I get to travel to Europe, um, work for a really cool brand, but I was 
working in a basement and I lived in a basement at the time. So really? I lived in a basement like 24 hours of the day practically. And I just like was super unhappy and I always knew I wanted to make my way back to entrepreneurship somehow, some way, didn't know what that was going to look like. And all in the meanwhile, Jade and Mark um, were working on a few other businesses um, together. And so, yeah, I always knew that they were working on a few things. Um, but like I said, I was doing my own thing. And then Mark had recently moved to LA and he realized when he went to his local dispensary the lines were super long and he was like, why can't I just order ahead and pick up um, the products that I want if I already know what I want to order instead of like waiting in this long line. And so that was the idea. Yeah. I, I had that. I went to a dispensary like a week or two ago in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I just, I mean, having to ask questions and like not only pay, they only accept cash now. So it's kind of a hassle. So. But I didn't buy yeah. anything that time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, there's so much room for innovation in cannabis, and that's why it's such an exciting industry because there's just so much opportunity for technology to really revolutionize and modernize the experience, not only for business owners but for customers. But yeah, so um, Mark had that idea for um, a new app where you can order ahead and. Um, pick up your products from a local dispensary and skip the line and earn loyalty and rewards. And um, he had told me of the idea. So I made the decision to join him and Jade um, here in California in LA. And I, yeah, I left the job and was like, let's give this a shot. Um, so that was our first tech startup green light um, in the cannabis space. And we were building it right before recreational use was legalized um, here in California. And so we launched it right when that went into effect. So it was like almost perfect timing. Um, and yeah, it like quickly went viral, like here in the Southern California um, area. And yeah, it kind of just took off. Is it, uh, is it live? Like, can I like jump um, on my app or not, something? Not anymore. <laughs> we, were, we were acquired um, about like a year and a half later after launching it um, by an, another um, publicly traded cannabis uh, company. And oh, yeah, cool. I mean, we learned a ton. Um, like I said, it was our first jump into the cannabis space, but we have built projects together in many other spaces. Um but we just fell in love with how much opportunity there is. And like I said, in many ways, mm -hmm. campus is still, we've had a lot of progression, but there's still so many areas that. Where, where is uh, the company now? Like, where is it right now? Is it still? Yeah, I mean, after the acquisition, we stayed for a few months just to oversee the transition. Um, but to my knowledge, um, I think they either maybe rolled out like a different version of it, the company, or I'm not sure exactly what they did. Oh, okay. That, that was, that was green light. And then now yeah, we dropped it. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. So, um, but so with green light, we really focused on the order ahead and pickup side, um, for cannabis retailers, but we always had a feeling that delivery was going to be the next big thing. And so after the acquisition, we were like, we know we want to tackle the delivery space next, um, what's kind of the landscape. And what we realized is that a lot of business owners that we talked to, they were using a really fragmented software stack. They'd be using a POS over here, a marketing company over here, 
um, a loyalty and rewards company over here if they were, um, a last yeah. mile logistics company over here, and most likely none of those wouldn't be connected. Um, so that causes a lot of problems, you know, when all of your um, your pieces that you're using in the software you're using aren't connected. Um, one, you're working with so many different support teams, you're being onboarded multiple times, and you're probably paying um, a lot of money for the most basic subscriptions or packages at all of these different types of companies. Uh-huh. And two, your data is not connected. So the purchase data from... Um, you know, John Smith, who loves this uh, can't this brand of flour, the, you know, retailer isn't using that effectively when they're marketing because the marketing piece isn't connected to the POS piece. Um, right. So, yeah, we just had this insane idea to kind of build all of that in one um, and really give these retailers uh all in one platform that encompassed all of these different pieces that they would need to run their day to day at a more like efficient level when it comes to operations. Is, uh, and that's like business to business, right? Like that's like you have. Yeah. Company. Yeah. So we're a SaaS startup. Um, yeah. We sell business to business. So that was the idea for drop. So um, yeah, we realized nobody had ever done it because it's like four companies in one, you know, all the different pieces together. Oh, I see that. I see yeah. that. Yeah, so we started building it in 2019, um, and like end of 2019, we found 10 uh, retailers to work with to offer it as a beta, just to see like how they would use it, if they would use it, if they'd be successful using it, and the big test for us was like come January 2020, would we all um, would they all be converted to paying customers? Um, huh? And if so, we took that as a sign of success. Like our beta was successful. We really have something on our hands and it was successful. And so we ended up launching Drop um, in January of 2020. Like right and before it's, the it's like, And it's used by, is it still used by a business? I mean, brick and mortar stores or is it more like online deliveries or what's uh, everything? Yeah, yeah. So mainly our customer base is um, delivery services only. We do have um, a few integrations with uh, uh, POS systems that retailers would need. So when it comes to dispensaries and brick and mortar retailers, they already have an existing point of sale system and we don't want to replace that um, just because that's like a huge um, thing in itself. So we just want to be complementary to that um, and just be able to handle all of their delivery side of things. And so we do have a few um, POS integrations, but a majority of our current um, clients are delivery only. Wow. So it has changed uh, over like the past two years um, since yeah, January I- yeah, so I mean, launching right before the pandemic was pretty crazy timing because at one point, delivery was the only option for like every industry um, during that time. And so for us to launch that, it almost, prog- not almost, it actually did progress the cannabis industry in a lot of ways because um, states or regulations that didn't offer delivery, they allowed delivery because it was the only way for oh yeah for it you know uh medicinal customers to get their 
their medicine um, and things. And so, yeah, it really actually like was the catalyst, um, I think, for delivery, because in some states they only have dispensaries and they didn't have delivery services. Um, and so really the pandemic allowed delivery to kind of have its moment and to shine. And so it was great timing for us. Um that, you know, we could be the lifeline to get these customers the products that they needed and wanted and to help keep these businesses in business because they could deliver. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, obviously that was a rush of delivery at that time. Um, huh? But it's, you know, the, the data isn't as, um there isn't as much delivery as because obviously it spiked during that time because it was the only option. But I think what's great is, like I said, that, you know, states are now offering delivery when they didn't before. Regulations about delivery and cannabis are still being um, considered and created from the get go. Whereas, like I said, in cannabis, sometimes yeah, yeah. there were yeah. states that just didn't offer delivery at all. So um, and I think, too, is that people tried delivery um, for cannabis and they know that it's like ease right like ease would be one of them or um yeah so i mean ease is like one of those certain types of companies in the space that have they've raised so much money that i believe that they've built their own infrastructure and everything because they have the means to do that um but we're trying to empower smbs to be their own ease and to be like ease with technology, even though they don't have access. To I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's such an uh, interesting supply chain, like mar- the marijuana, like the marijuana business. You know what I mean? Like there's oh my gosh. growers and like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's sellers, so many. Um, under the table sellers. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different pieces that go into it and like stages of getting, you know, your end cannabis product. But I think, you know, what's tough is that maybe some people don't realize is that it's such a heavily regulated industry and it's still unfortunately not federally legal. Um, you know, it's legal. Um, the States have the choice to make it legal or not for right. them, but on a federal level. It's still not. And like you mentioned, you know, the dispensary you went to only took cash. It's, you know, there's still banks. That <laughs> yeah, sure. Work. Yeah. Yeah, there's still banks that don't want to work with cannabis companies, you know, so there's a lot of um, hurdles in this industry uh-huh. that also make it, you know, definitely tough at times, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Vanessa, I gotta say, like, your story is pretty interesting. Like, you had a dad who was an entrepreneur, and, like, I think, like, for Asian families, like, I'm Filipino, I'm guessing yeah, you might be too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was just gonna say, like, that's cool. Um, but, like, they always, like, push you to, I want to be, like, a stereotype, like, push you to, like, the nurse route, or, like, just go to school and get like a good degree and like get a stable job. But like for you, it seems like you decided to play around and uh, experiment with like your interests. And like, I'm just wondering like what gave you that kind of just urge to do that versus like maybe doing the more, I wouldn't say like the more like rational choice, but like maybe the more like safe choice. Yeah. Um, luckily both my sets of parents, um, my mom and dad, we're, are not together and they both married um uh yeah different people and so on one hand my mother and my stepfather very successful corporate mom works for wow. apple really high up the chain um stepdad is sales 
like director at a software company as well. So corporate wise, very successful on that side. I always saw that route as a potential option. And then my dad and my stepmom, while they did start off in corporate, they eventually, you know, wanted to see what else was out there and really explore their interests. And so I got to see that growing up. Um, my stepmom is an actress and a writer. Uh, and <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And then my dad, like I said, he has had a plethora of so many different businesses from a commercial development company to a flooring company um, to start a clothing brand at one point. Um, He's had, yeah, he's built so many different apps and businesses. Um, And so I saw both routes and both options and they never really pushed me in any certain direction, which I'm really grateful for. Um, And they always allowed me the freedom to kind of choose my own path. And especially with entrepreneurship, it is so hard and is so risky and it takes a certain tenacity and resilience. And um, I saw that, you know, with my dad, I mean, he's had businesses that, you know, weren't as successful and didn't really pan out. And I saw that firsthand. And like I said, my first business didn't even work out. I thought that was going to be the home run when I was 19. Um, Uh But it didn't. And so, um, yeah. And I mean, I have family that in my grandma till this day, like asks me. So I actually dropped out of college because Uh uh, the second business that I was doing with Jade I thought that was the home run. So I'm like, I was taking entrepreneurship classes at the university and I'm like, I'm learning about what I'm living and from a textbook and experience is the ultimate teacher at the end of the day. And so I'm like, I just felt at the time, it just wasn't worth my time and the value that I was getting out of going to school. Um, I was living it. I was I was a real. You know, I gotta ask you, like to, to that, like just a little bit in, into that. Like I, I, uh, I never went. I never like took a formal business class in school, yeah. but I, it was because I couldn't pass the math. <laughs> it, the math was like so hard at Riverside for some reason. But uh, uh, d- did you feel? Do you feel like you were able to take um, things that you learned from entrepreneur class or business class into the business, or was it you just learned the majority of the things that you have to do like on on your own, like? or with help from friends yeah you know I think it's tough too because like when sometimes when you learn stuff out of textbooks like how dated you know like when was that book created like was that book or textbook created five years ago ten years ago you know I think fundamentally for sure some of the things and like my marketing classes or even like operations classes but with entrepreneurship it's like you just have to do it you can't try and educate yourself um, as much as you can. But I think until you do it, that's going to be the ultimate teacher um, and where you're going to learn. Right. So, but yeah, just at the time, I just feel like it didn't provide the value that I needed and where I thought I was going. And so, um, you know, I, my parents were like, are you sure you want to do this? This is like a hundred percent your choice. And, you know, like wherever, oh, your, wherever your life leads you, you know, your these are the decisions that you're making that are going to shape your future. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I made that do you, choice. Do you regret it a tiny bit or not, not really? No, not at all. Because no? <laughs> when I got the e-commerce marketing job in New York City, 
I got that job because of my experience from my from okay. having my own first business in the fashion space. And it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with my education. So, you know, would I have gotten that job if I had education on paper, but no real life world experience? Probably not. So I like leaning on that example because my experience helped me get that job. It wasn't my education. And it's never been my education. And it's not that I don't think education is important because it totally is for different industries and for different Um, It just wasn't a fit for me at this time or at that time. And um, yeah, I mean, but going back to traditional Asian families, my grandma for the past few years is always asking me, when are you going to go back to school? When are you going to go back to school? My mom says the same thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I'm like, grandma, like, I'm, I'm running a business. Um, I say that too. I say that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she's supportive in her own way and I'm grateful for that. And, you know, just, she came from the Philippines and made a life Uh for herself. And so, you know, I totally understand where she's coming from, but my grandma, my own person, my own path, and I appreciate the support, but this is like my journey. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can say like that there's like a big, like, I guess just a difference in terms of uh, what people decide to do from their parents. Like, it's not like, well, I, I mean, I, it's just so varied, but like, I think now there's like, there's more freedom and like choice and like kids who can make money just on the internet doing yeah. the most absurd things or just things that didn't exist 10 years ago. It's kind of mind boggling. Yeah. I feel like the world's changing like every, every year. So we got to yeah. adapt, you know, your mindset and all that stuff too. But with, with Drop, I read that you guys raised like a million bucks in, uh, in seven weeks or like in two months. Like, were you pitching people or like, how did you get that to happen? Yeah, yeah. So I had always gone the traditional route to um, look for funding. So I was always like talking to angels or VCs um, and things like that. But it just never ended up working out for whatever reason, um, not only uh-huh. for Drop, but for previous businesses as well. So um, I knew what Did that you tried lo- a loan from the bank. <laughs> you tried loans from the bank too. Um, or like, no, I, don't know. I, no, I didn't actually. Um, I never did that. No. Um, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I never did that. <laughs> um, but not as fancy. <laughs> yeah. So with drop, um, we, you know, knew of crowdfunding and we had never done it, never tried it. And we were like, we have nothing to lose. Um, and what I loved about crowdfunding and what I love about it. Um, yeah. What I still do love about it is that it gives people like me and you the access to invest and be part of companies, um, that maybe we, we would have never had, you did know, you use a uh, WeFunder by the way, or what did you, did you use? No. WeFunder? So I used, um, a smaller platform called Equifund at the time. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I mean, we were like, if people believe in this, then amazing. You know, we, um, we want to give people the opportunity to be a part of this. And we feel like, you know, we have a really big vision and we've had success and we know where we're going. And so if, you know, people believe in that and want to support that, then we would be so grateful. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it just was astonishing the success that we had, um, back then that was in the summer of 2022. Um, and so, yeah, it was really amazing. And, you know, it really allowed us to continue to just build out the product and the technology. I like to say we're, um, a 
technology company first and a cannabis company second um, because technology really is what drives us. And um, yeah, so when it came to our second round of funding, um, we decided to do crowdfunding again. And so, yeah, we're currently raising on Republic. Um, You can find us at republic.com slash drop delivery. Um, How much are you raising? Just do you have a number already? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the... uh, the max limit we could raise is $5 million technically. Um, but, you know, anywhere from 500 to a million would definitely be. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it would definitely be great. You know, we have some really exciting plans to now that we've really flushed out the product and um, we feel like we found great product market fit. We're excited to, you know, really build out our sales team, our account management team and really go for it. Um, all the success that we've had. Um, so far has pretty much been organic. Um, you know, we don't do a ton of marketing. I mean, it is pretty hard to do marketing in cannabis regardless. Interesting. Yeah. There's so many places you can't advertise. Um, but yeah, so really grateful for the success we've had so far and we're just excited. We want to, you know, really build on it and expand and scale in the next few years. So. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I guess a couple more questions for me, just, yeah. Curious to, to hear from you or um, what, uh, do you, where do you see like the, the cannabis business going from, from now? Like I've seen it, it'll get regulated, but like there's just going to be more small businesses that sell. Is that kind of what would help you guys more? Or, like what kind of stuff yeah, do you think? You know, I think over 75% of states here in the U.S. have passed some form of legalization when it comes to cannabis, which is amazing because, you know, it obviously shows that the majority of the country um, supports this and wants something like this. And so I think it's just another step in the right direction for federal legalization, um, you know, eventually. Um you know, every new presidential term, you know, everyone has high hopes that, like, you know, it's finally mm-hmm. going to come. And um, I think when it does happen, you know, Drop will be in a perfect position to help all of these, you know, SMBs really get off the ground and use technology um, to really run their business in the best way. And so it's just about, you know, um, making sure we have a great product, continuing to innovate. And, um, yeah, being ready when new states come on. I mean, new states come on every year, which is great. So, you know, um, more businesses are popping up. And so that's what we like to see. And, you know, obviously we're just hoping for federal legalization, whether it's the Safe Banking Act or just in general. Um, But, yeah, I definitely do think it's coming. It's just about being ready. And so that's kind of our motto is, like, being ready for that time. Yeah. What, what would you say is like the main uh, value proposition to uh, pr- prospective small businesses to, to use drop? Just wondering. Yeah, definitely. So one, um, everything's all in one platform. So you're not managing multiple platforms. We have enterprise teams with, you know, 50 plus employees using the platform or businesses where it's just one to two people that use it. So we can the technology that we offer can be used by pretty much any size business, which is amazing Two, It's actually cost effective. If you did the math and if you added up all the different subscriptions, if you went and pieced out your software stack somewhere else to what drop offers, you'd be paying two to three times more on a monthly basis. Um, So yeah, we're actually very um, affordable 
And three, you can, you know, automate your operations. A lot of what we like to really focus on is how can we um, deliver more and manage less um, and help companies do that with their business and with technology. You know, technology is supposed to be something that helps your business and helps make it successful. And so how can we automate as much as we can when it comes to running the business and just really help the businesses focus on making more money at the end of the day with less work. Right. Would, would you say like the Square or the Shopify for uh, the industry or like Mar- the, the Yeah, the yeah. Um, funny you say that. We actually do kind of reference, you know, like the Shopify of cannabis um, because we do like to really emulate the su- and try to emulate, you know, the success that they've had and the path that they've chosen and be um, kind of that all in one stop. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. A couple last questions here. I, just, I gotta ask you, like, do you do you do you blaze or like do you are you a cannabis user? You know what's so funny is that initially <laughs> I never did. Um, even with Greenlight, I never did. I mean, we would go before we even launched Greenlight. We stopped at a whole bunch of dispensaries and talked to staff and got to learn what their problems were and to see what the ordering process was like at a dispensary. We would always just buy products. Um, just to see what that purchase flow was like. So I'd go home with like a Kiva bar or something and I would, maybe, so I'd maybe like eat a little bit, but like I never smoked. Um, but now I, do, now I do. <laughs> oh, now, you do. Okay. Um, now I have a stizzy. Um, and yeah, it just helps me sleep sometimes on uh, my brain. And those ones hit, those ones hit pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like to, um, just use it just to relax like before bed and to help me, um, kind of ease my mind before bed. But, um, yeah, so like a majority of the team definitely does, but I, I wasn't, but now I do. And, um, what's funny is that, um, I have a family member who never did, um, but they were dealing with some health issues and they, so they had to stay away from alcohol. And uh, (laughs) so then then they started using a stizzy. And so, um, I was like, okay, I'll try it sometime. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it helps me like go to sleep, which is really nice. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I used to work at Jewel and like they, uh, I, I would, what I was doing was just like approving IDs and like purchasers. And like seeing seeing that, but that it wasn't nothing anyone else could do. But uh, it was a cool like way to like see the tech industry. Just uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really apply for that job, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I think it's pretty cool. Like not not only like the vapes and all that stuff, but like I wouldn't say it's just something that's cool to do. But I guess like the health reasons are just like I mean even entertainment reasons. Like those are those are pretty fun too. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I mean, I think what's crazy is that like, states are even, you know, approving things like mushrooms and stuff. I think like Oregon, they have some regulations. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's, you know, it's pretty, um, it's pretty interesting, kind of the progression of things. Um, And first and foremost, it's a plant. And, you know, it's helped a lot of people medically, you know, and so I think there's a lot to stand on when it comes to that and the health benefits of it. And like, I guess, um, mental too, but yeah. I like it. Okay. So a couple more questions. Us. We normally like to ask entrepreneurs here, if you were to give advice to Vanessa 20 year old as a 20 year old self knowing what you know now, what would you uh, tell her? I would say, enjoy the journey. Um, I'm 
it's something that I'm working on. I'm always like, okay, the next milestone or the next big thing ahead. And at the end of the day, it's really the journey. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, that first startup was like some of the funnest times I've had in my life with my friends at that um, young age, um, doing a whole bunch of fun things and just to enjoy it, just to really be present and enjoy it. And there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days, but it's all part of the journey. And um, I'm like, that's what you signed up for, you know? And so when you, and um, one thing I've always, I guess, told myself too is, you know, every no leads you to the right yes. And so I guess knowing that and like not taking things personally or being like, oh my God, like why didn't this opportunity work out for me? It's like, okay, it wasn't meant to be for me um, and my business and my journey. And so the next one will be it or it's leading me to the right one that I'm supposed to, you know, have. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Another thing I want to ask you is like, what, uh, what do you think makes you keep, keep going on the path? Like when it's, when it's tough, like there, when it's like you had a terrible day and <laughs> shit hits the fan, right? Like what, uh, yeah, where, where yeah. Um, I think just looking at the success that we've had so far as a business and, how many deliveries we've helped, um, you know, make successful with the technology that we provide and how many businesses that we've helped. Um, so I think that's, that's really like a driving force at the end of the day when like times are tough is like, Oh my gosh, like look at the success we've had so far. Like don't forget (laughs) your wins. Um, and there's wins all around and sometimes they're big and sometimes they're little. Um, but I think just looking at the data sometimes and being like, oh, my gosh, we've made it this far and we're still going and we still have a bright future ahead of us um, and we'll get through it like we always get through it. You know, there were a few times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know where this is going. I have no idea what's going to happen for us. And then we get yeah. through it and we figure yeah, it yeah. out. And I think that's like the beauty of entrepreneurship is just figuring it out. And yeah. um yeah, knowing you you'll be fine, and like I said, everything's supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen, and like God has a plan, and like being able to trust in that plan. That's that's so true. I mean, I think for me, like I, I made this a company like a couple months back, and we applied to like this business competition for funding, but we didn't get it. But uh, we ended up getting a mentor who was like the ex uh, CTO of HBO, and like oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I never expected that. So it's like pretty interesting because I, I I think one quote that I heard from a person I'm interviewing on this podcast too is like when everything is unknown, like anything's possible. So that that was that was pretty cool. What what two more questions here? Next one is if you could have a dinner with any like business person in the world, who who would that be with if you had a choice to do that? Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> I would love to have a dinner with Rob Deerdeck. Um, I don't know if you know who that is. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like professional skateboarder and serial entrepreneur. Um, when he, like his show, Fantasy Factory, was like one of my favorite shows. And that's why I got a warehouse. So I could basically have my, oh my own God. factory um, of my own for my first business. And um, yeah, I just love... Um, that he always infuses fun into like his businesses and what he does. He always kind of just has an open mind when it comes to things and like the craziest ideas he'll still entertain. And um, yeah, I would love to just like pick his brain. I know that he has Deer Deck Enterprises and he has so many different like companies under his portfolio that he's been a part of. And 
um, I think it like ranges from a whole bunch of industries. So I think it's really cool. And I just think he's like a really cool guy. And I would like love to just like hang out with him and have fun. And- yeah. I, I remember Rob, Robin Big was his first show. Oh my, God, my favorite show. Yeah. Literally before Fantasy Factor, I loved Robin Big. It was my favorite show. So like, yeah. where's MTV? I, I don't know, but MTV is like not, uh, not, not as cool anymore for me. Oh, but. no. Yeah. <laughs> Their quality of content definitely went down, but that was like a prime era of like actual television reality, like fun television for sure. Gotcha. Last question here is, um, Last question here is, uh, what uh, is your startup mindset? Yeah, my startup mindset. I think it would be to, you know, go out in the world and solve real problems for real people. And, um, yeah, just don't forget to enjoy the journey while doing so um That's yeah wonderful. yeah i think looking back at all of the businesses that we've started in, in different um industries i think the funnest thing is just knowing that people use it people are using the services people are using the apps and and that, that we're solving a problem for people in real life um which is really exciting and we i forget that half the time and i'm like oh my uh-huh. god we've, you know helped deliver over, you know, 500,000 deliveries to people across the U.S. with our technology um, that these businesses are using. And I'm like, that's pretty cool at the end of the day. So. Nice. Um, I guess, yeah, that's about, that about it. What, uh, how can people like either fund, uh, fund you on Republic or um, check out the, the company or other cool things? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find us on Republic, like I said, at uh, republic.com slash drop. I think it's hyphen delivery. Um, but if you just go on their website too, you can find us um, in the um, deals page. And then you can find us at dropdelivery.com um, just for our cannabis uh, services. And then, yeah, anybody can reach me at Vanessa dropdelivery.com. I'm always open um, to meeting with anyone or if, yeah, anyone wants to chat. So. Well, very cool. Well, Vanessa, I, I love learning about you and the company and uh, where you guys are going. I'm sure you guys are going to achieve more and more as the time goes on. Thanks.